0: The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician, and she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy.
1: Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I solve problems usually, I don't make them. And I'm about to shock myself and rise in a brief defense of Mitch McConnell in the wake of the second failed attempted impeachment of Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Like many people, including Trump's former friend, Chris Christie, The former governor of New Jersey and one-time Republican presidential primary contestant. Speaking on ABC January 6th and almost every Sunday since then, Chris Christie has said, if this is not impeachable, then nothing is. Sadly, I think nothing is impeachable at this point. Mitch McConnell condemned the attack when it happened and he condemned it subsequently. He let it be known that he would not prevent any senator in the GOP caucus from voting their conscience. He went so far as to let it be leaked, that unlike L'affaire Ukraine, he, Mitch McConnell, had an open mind, air quotes around open mind. But in the end, he voted with the majority of his caucus not to find the president guilty. On a technicality. Now remember, acquittal does not mean not guilty. You know, it's a legal nicety. You can get acquitted on a technicality. And as soon as that technicality had closed the door, on impeachment and disqualification, Mitch McConnell immediately marched to the Senate podium, looked deeply and sadly into the camera and laid into the former president with fury and conviction. You'll excuse the unintended pun. Former President Trump was responsible for the January 6th attempt to halt or overturn the work of the American government, said Mitch McConnell, both, and I'm quoting both practically and morally. He explained his not guilty vote based on the literal text of the Constitution. I love these <coughs> textual discussions. 240 years later. His reading, removed from office and barred from further federal office, both had to be true. The and was what Mitch McConnell hung up on. And since the president had already been removed from office by the people, well, as a private citizen, former President Trump could be judged in a court of law for, quote, again, those little air quotes, everything he did while president He hasn't, air quotes, gotten away with anything yet, yet, pointing his finger heavenward. But he was hung up on that and clause. You know what? It was thin gruel, but it was enough for Mitch McConnell's purpose. He wanted to acknowledge both his personal anger about what had happened and the fact that the House managers made their case. Trump was guilty. Nancy Pelosi was just plain angry when she heard McConnell's statement, claiming that Trump could have been tried in the Senate while he was still in office, but McConnell refused to call the Senate back into session. The reality is they were both playing a game. They were both appealing to their respective bases and their respective political donor classes. After all, We are now less than two years away from the next big election. Jamie Raskin wrote the impeachment bill with its single clause of inciting an insurrection and attempting to overhaul a lawful election on January 7th. But that bill did not come to the floor for a vote until January 13th. The Senate on the 13th was in recess And McConnell did not agree to call them back to session on the 15th, because, of course, he would have to allow a travel day, claiming there wasn't time to conduct the impeachment before the Biden inauguration on the 20th. Now, he was factually correct in that assessment based on previous experience. It had taken almost a month in the Bill Clinton impeachment case to reach a not guilty verdict and it took more than 10 days in the first Trump impeachment not guilty verdict. He was arguing the fig leaf behind which at least 30 of the 43 GOP senators would attempt to hide that Trump would not be president when the trial concluded and therefore could not be impeached under the constitution. Well, see, I'm not a constitutional scholar. So I won't debate the point. We'll just stipulate that there is an argument to be made on both sides. But chronology aside, on the 13th, Trump did not yet have a legal team to represent him. And he'd go through a couple of teams between the 13th and February 9th. So if McConnell had called the Senate back immediately, some lawyer for Trump, Would have made an immediate motion for a delay in the trial because the defendant is due—air quotes—due process. That—that's a topic for a different day, and not a hasty kangaroo court. And the Senate would have nodded their head, you know, in their patrician manner, and recessed. So. In addition, when the House managers walked to the Senate with the article of impeachment on January 25th, Nancy Pelosi acknowledged that the House managers were, in her words, working on the case they would present. Had McConnell called the Senate into session on the 15th rather than the 19th of January, The House managers would not have had the evidence to support their opening brief assembled. In the real world, both sides benefited from the delay, if in different ways. As the moment of truth drew near, McConnell knew that the majority of his caucus would vote to acquit a clearly guilty man on a technicality. As former Missouri Senator Claire McCaskill pointed out, McConnell at that moment found himself in a very unusual place. For once in his legislative career, Mitch McConnell was between a rock and a hard place. He recognized the truth of the grip that Trump still had on what was once the GOP Many of his members feared a Trump-fueled primary challenge next year if they voted him guilty. Many members had received death threats and threats to the safety and security of their families, and a few of them even had culpability in the events of January 6th. Had McConnell voted to convict the former president, he would have faced an immediate challenge to his leadership and was clear-eyed about the possibility he might lose that challenge. As political pundit Tim Miller acknowledges, the one thing that Mitch McConnell truly loves in this world is the Senate and his role in shaping it. Thus, challenging his caucus by doing the right thing was not in his personal and immediate interest. Make no mistake, Mitch McConnell despises Donald Trump. He really does, as he has said, see Trump as a cancer on the party. He blames Trump for the loss of his majority leadership position in the Senate with the loss of two Georgia seats that had been Republican for time immemorial. Mitch McConnell also fears the loss of large donors for the 2022 midterm election campaign, where he hopes to reclaim his role as Senate Majority Leader. The problem for Mitch McConnell on Saturday, January the 13th, and on most other days, is his attraction to personal power is greater than his moral outrage in arguing that the judicial branch of our government should mete out punishment to Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell not only takes the easy out, he makes Trump somebody else's problem. Mitch McConnell's actions at this moment of trial make two overarching points. Our Republic rests solely on the Supreme Court's willingness to continue to undergird the Constitution and reminds us once again that power is the strongest aphrodisiac
0: of all. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally... Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-sweetradio.com.